This is the Carl Miller Show, where we talk about all things real estate, financial investments, and getting into a home you love. With over 15 years of experience, this is your host, Carl Miller. Good morning. You're listening to The Carl Miller Show. I'm your host and the principal broker of Carl Miller Realty, LLC, located at 7700 Timberlake Road in Lynchburg. We are your caring, competent, trusted advisor for real estate sales and service. Today's topics, buyers are regaining some of their negotiating power in today's housing market. And in the second segment, it's off the cuff with Carl. That'll be a fun show, right? Special thanks to our sponsor this month, Riverside Runners. Riverside Runners is a specialty running and walking store dedicated to products that excite people about movement, community, and healthy living in Lynchburg. They continue to find unique ways to give back to the community while keeping in mind their Inspire Movement philosophy. Riverside Runners is the premier source for running and walking footwear, quality exercise apparel, unique accessories, and expert advice on training and fitness. To learn more about them, visit their website, riversiderunners.com, or their Facebook page, or call them at 846-7449, 846-7449. It's time for a new featured listing from Carl Miller Realty. This week's featured listing is a brand new construction located at 3797 Long Island Road in Gladys. It features 1,560 square feet all on one level, three bedrooms, two full bathrooms, nine-foot ceilings, an open floor plan, solid surface cabinets, dovetail drawers, and soft-closed cabinet doors. Includes all stainless steel appliances, including the refrigerator. It's priced at just $289.9, located on 1.8 acres. Again, 3797 Long Island Road, and this is down in Campbell County, about 35 minutes south of the airport on Gladys in Gladys. It's a great house, and if you're looking for new construction, don't miss out. Welcome today. Thanks for listening to The Carl Miller Show. I'm joined in studio by our amazing marketing director, Yancey Campbell, as always. Good morning, Yancey. Good morning, Carl. You have been really busy the last few weeks <laughs> we at have Carl been Miller busy. Realty. Yes, we've had a lot going on. First off, if you guys want to find us on social media, you can visit our page, Carl Miller Realty, on Facebook and Instagram, or you can visit our website, carlmillerrealty.com. Uh, and to find out more about what we've been up to, you can see that on social media as well. This it's is airing, full disclosure, we're pre-recording this, but this is airing on the day that the Virginia Tech Modder has That's taken right. place. That's right. So it probably will have already been over by the time this airs, but... Yes, well, I mean, maybe some people will still be running at 11. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm always inspired by the folks that run and work hard to yeah. finish a race that are out there on that course for two hours. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long race, in my opinion. Maybe not to you, Carl, but 10 miles, 10 is, a miles is a long time. It's so it's been wonderful being a sponsor of them just over the years. Um, so, I mean, like Carl said, we're recording this a week in advance, but hopefully everything goes well with that. We have the Foster Fuels Spread the Warmth Coat Drive still going on, and we had a couple people come by this week and drop coats off, um, which was really encouraging to see. But we still have a big box at our office that can fit a lot more. So this is going on through the end of the year. So feel free to stop by 7700 Timberlake Road um, and bring gently used or new coats of any size yeah and kids, then kid sizes as well yeah, yeah so as you're cleaning out well. your closets come by just drop them off and this is all going to a good cause it stays local yeah absolutely and we're just happy to partner with foster fuels on this yeah and then our 17th annual fall party was last friday and that was wonderful the weather was beautiful out 
And honestly, it's been great this year because we had a couple sponsors for our party. So shout out to Danny Castagna with Nation One Mortgage for sponsoring the party this year. Honestly, Carl, it's one of my favorite events that we do. Probably my favorite. And it, we, we've been so blessed with good weather. I mean, we this is the 18th event that we've done, that I've done this event at yeah. Yoder's Farm for our top referring and recently closed clients. And there's only been one year ever that it rained in really? those 17 years. Okay. Or 18 wow. years. Yeah. I mean, it's it's at over 400 people come out onto the right. farm, and we've got the entire farm. So it's just a lot of fun, and it couldn't have gone any better. It's one but. of our signature events. Yes. Well, if you're thinking about buying a home today, there's good news. Even though it's still a seller's market, it's a more moderate seller's market than last year. And the days of feeling like you may need to just waive contingencies or pay drastically over asking price to get your offer considered probably is coming to a close, at least in the country. Lynchburg, maybe it'll be pretty uh, intense for a while yet but today you you likely have less competition and a little bit more a little bit more negotiating power as a buyer and that's just because the intensity of the buyer demand and bidding wars is easing this mm. year that's very you, interesting. You found a, you found a good article that kind of talked about some of these highlights. And yeah, you've got, what, 3. yeah. 2 so to talk about. they go through here, and number one is the return of contingencies. And honestly, you guys probably haven't heard that word in a while because there really haven't been any contingencies. <laughs> but over the last two years, more buyers were willing to skip important steps in the home buying process. Not necessary, but important steps mm -hmm. like appraisal or home inspection to try to win that bidding war. But now fewer people are waiving the home inspection and appraisal. The latest data from the National Association of Realtors, NAR, shows the percentage of buyers waiving their home inspection and appraisal is declining. And a recent survey from Realtor.com confirms more sellers are accepting offers that include these conditions today. According to their study last month in August, 95% of sellers reported buyers requested a home inspection. That's very interesting. I think that's a lot higher than it was even just three, four months ago, oh, Carl. Oh, th there's no doubt. And uh, that's, it's, you know, we talked about, we used terms a few weeks ago on the show, mm -hmm. we t and we kind of talked about contingencies or subject to clauses. And, you know, personally, when you're a buyer, you're making a, one of the largest financial decisions of your life. Yeah. And you do want to kind of go in with your eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. And having a home inspection contingency is certainly a, a, a very common clause mm -hmm. and I for one always was very uncomfortable waiving home inspections just because you don't know that's yeah, why we do inspections there even might with be a, new construction there might be a ten thousand dollar problem and and you know in Virginia if you close on that house that ten thousand dollar you inherit problem. that you, yeah you there's no going back to the seller saying hey you after yeah. closing saying hey this is a problem after the fact unless there was fraud and that's right. very hard to prove in Virginia so. yeah so we are seeing that a little bit more. People are easing yeah, back into the requesting home inspection. 67% of sellers negotiated with buyers on repairs mm -hmm. as a result of the home inspection mm -hmm. findings. So that means that maybe they credited them money or they went ahead and just fixed the issue. Yeah. But that's on the seller. So we're seeing those things come back into play. And this goes to show buyers uh, they're more able to include these conditions in their offers today and negotiate as needed based on the outcome of the inspection. And for the listener who hasn't bought or sold a house or had a close friend who has in the last two years, what we're talking about here is we're, we're seeing contracts that have come in where buyers just simply waive any home inspections or just waive the appraisal. And so it's been that type of market. The market's been so wide and tense. And yeah. the reason they were doing it, not because they wanted to, it's just because that's the way you got the house. I mean, mm -hmm. it was like, congratulations, you won the house, but yeah. you had to give up those opportunities to be the winning bid. Yeah. So it was very challenging. Right, right. So that was the first point was the return of contingencies. The second point uh, that you wanted to talk about today was sellers are more willing to help with closing costs. And closing costs generally range between 2 and 5% of the purchase price for a home. 
uh, before the before the all this craziness happened, like in 2019, it was very common negotiation tactic for sellers to cover some of the buyer's closing costs just to sweeten the deal a little bit for the buyer. And from a buyer's perspective, if you're if you have eight thousand dollars of closing costs, if the seller covered that, that that was eight thousand dollars less you mm -hmm. had to bring to the closing table, cash in hand. So those kind of went away for a while. Yeah, Carl, I'm interested for a couple seconds. Let's touch on what closing costs are. Oh sure, yeah, closing costs are the costs associated with buying a house. It's the lender fees, the origination, the points, the prepaids for a loan. Gotcha. It's the, and prepaids also include a year's worth of taxes or an insurance, typically, if there's mm -hmm. an escrow being held for taxes and insurance. Uh, it's the attorney's fees to research the title, making sure that there's clear title. And then a title binder is issued to basically ensure that. There's also, uh, so there's just, just all, it's fees. all of fees and yeah. expenses to, to buy a home. And, and, and then don't forget taxes. There's a grantees tax right. when you buy a home Right. As well. So that's between around 2% and 5% that, yeah, of correct. the purchase price of the home. Yep. And again, if you're buying a house, it is important. You know what those are, and your real estate agent can explain those in depth and give you a really good idea as to what how much those closing costs would actually be for your situation. And, and the lender is required by law to disclose that mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, so the article goes on to say that today, as the market shifts and demand slows, data from Realtor.com suggests this is making a comeback, the seller more willing to help with closing costs. A recent article shows that 32% of sellers paid some or all of their buyer's closing costs. Honestly, Carl, I've seen just recently mm -hmm. that people are asking, hey, 50% of closing costs or something like that. Right. It, it looks a little bit better uh, than, hey, all of our closing yeah, costs. And, and, but, but a good tactic for, for, for you if, if you're a buyer and the seller doesn't want to cover those closing Costs, it's just raise the price up a little mm -hmm. bit. So, in other words, if the price is three hundred, offer th and the closing costs are eight thousand dollars. Offer three, assuming there's no other offers, and this is the winning bid. Yeah, uh, offer three hundred eight, and uh, have the seller cover your closing costs. The seller still nets their three hundred thousand dollars in in hand, but. You as a buyer, again, it's just easier to finance those costs. Right. It's easier to come up with forty dollars a month than it is to come up with eight thousand dollars. Correct, correct. Yeah, that's very interesting. And the forty dollars a month would be rolled into an eight thousand dollar extra on your mm -hmm. loan, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but it is it is it is good to know that if you if there's not if there's not multiple offers, you actually have a chance to get your closing cost paid. Yeah, very so that's true. Good stuff. Well, regardless of the competitive housing market of the last several years, today's data does show negotiations are starting to come back on the table. And this is good news if you're entering the housing market. And, and to find out how the housing market shifting, because we're hearing these national stories about shifting, shifting. And as we highlighted a few weeks ago on the show, Lynchburg is very different than mm -hmm. the national average. Yep. So even though it's starting to soften a little bit. Keep in mind, the average pending home sale right now was only on the market 10 days. So it's not like this is a uh, big shift, but there is a shift happening, and um, it's, it's a good time to buy a house, but it still might be you still might be competing with other offers, even yeah. though it is starting to favor you as a buyer a little bit more. Well, when we come back, we're going to do Off the Cuff with Carl. Welcome back to The Carl Miller Show. We're joined in studio by Yancey Campbell. And I want to shout out to good old Biscuit McAvoy, our amazing <laughs> producer here. That's right. Thank you. You know, Anthony always makes us sound as good as we possibly can. Uh, look, I just, I work the, uh, I work the levels. That's all you guys. <laughs> That's well, right. we appreciate, we appreciate you. And then just getting us a good edited version every week. 
because this goes up on a podcast platform as well, The Carl Miller Show. Yeah, and if you want to find us on social media, you can visit Carl Miller Realty. That's at Carl Miller Realty, Instagram and Facebook. You can also visit our website, carlmillerrealty.com. And the podcast platform is The Carl Miller Show. Spotify, The Carl Miller Show. We're on all the podcast platforms. And just if there's any show that you want to catch back up on, yeah, you that's got right. That opportunity. You can go listen. So for this segment, it's going to be a lot more uh, just chill conversation. We want to talk about uh, Carl when your career in real estate started, but you know, take us back before then. Where were you born, and what did the life of little Carl look like? Little Carl. <laughs> I'm laughing at this because Carl definitely <laughs> he definitely wrote this question, and I just love that he ver- like phrased it the life of little Carl. <laughs> well, you know, we we're Anthony all Anthony is we dying were all over there here. At one we were talking. I would have got, worded it like your younger years or something like that. Well, interesting. I have a brother named Sheldon, and so this is like young Sheldon, but this is uh, <laughs> little Carl, the life of little Carl. I like it. Well, hey, I was born in Waynesboro in Stewart's Draft area, and I was actually born into to a Mennonite family. In fact, my, my grandfather on my mom's side was an Amish blacksmith. Wow. Back in the I didn't day. know that. Yeah. And so uh, they had left the Amish church, but they were, you know, in a conservative Mennonite culture. And that's what I grew into in, in, in Waynesboro, Storch Draft area. There's a big Mennonite community up there. And so, but when I was five years old, my dad bought a farm in Campbell County. He'd grown up on a farm. His dad had grown up on a farm. And I'm the oldest of five children. Mm. And I grew up on a, on a dairy farm. And uh, we moved down to Campbell County in, in the Concord area, you know, on the Falling River, south of Rustburg, when I was five years old. Yeah. It is, it is worth noting one significant event that did occur early in my childhood when I was involved in a farming machine accident. And mm. I got my right hand caught in a chain and sprocket reducer gear that ended up amputating four of my fingers. Fortunately, I was left with a fully functioning thumb. So I'm a two-year-old in bandages, and I'm going through therapy and just rebuilding mm. muscles and training my brain to switch to becoming a lefty. So and you were right-handed. I, I was. I don't remember that. I was two years old yeah. when this happened, two and a half. And so as a result, I've had to kind of adapt just constantly, I think, yeah. my whole life to a world that was made for right-handers and engineered for right-handers with five fingers. Right, you right. Know? So, I remember, so I remember successfully tying my shoe for the first time like probably as a six-year-old it was kind of hard it took me a while to just struggle to figure out how do you yeah you know pull through with yeah. you know one thumb as opposed to you know about four fingers mm-hmm. and I remember just being so proud of the fact that I could do that hard task and so I think just looking back some things like batting a baseball and catching it with my left hand glove while simultaneously sliding it off and throwing it left-handed mm-hmm. you know were, were easy and it was quickly easy to adapt but but things like tying shoes or certain tasks were hard but the point was I just grew up adapting constantly in a world that wasn't quite built to accommodate you know my physical attributes yeah at that time. yeah yeah so, so my, my parents both loved me tremendously, and when I was a teenager, I, I started working in construction, and the, 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 the employer I had, he was the hardest working man I know. He inspired me as well to just work efficient and don't make excuses, mm. and so it wasn't like, okay, you got this issue, so we're going to make excuses for right. you to give you less work. And I, ad- I adapted in that construction world, too, and I think the unspoken mantra I had just in my subconscious as, as I learned and adapt was hey, I've done it before, I can do it again. I've done it before, Absolutely. I can do it again. Yeah. And uh, so a turning point in my adult life came when I started working and built, I, I launched my own home improvement company in town. And I was small. I had you know a couple of employees. We called it Carl's Maintenance and Improvements. You say in town, Lynchburg? In Lynchburg, or, okay. yeah, in Lynchburg. And so we specialize in exterior home and imp- home repairs. And yeah. Vinyl siding, windows, roofs, decks, all that, all that stuff. And you know, I'd learned the construction trade from age sixteen up to that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so and when I started that business, it was scary. I didn't have 
clients, but I was like, hey, you know, I've done it before. I can do it again. Yeah, start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. So fast forward to 2005. That was a long question, a long answer to no, a but short that's question. Good. That's but like just to get to the real estate side. Your background and, and everything. And so in 2005, that was the first year that I started in real estate. In fact, I remember I got I got licensed in June uh, June 1st, 2005. So 2005 was your first year in real estate. Yeah. And what was that like? So I, again, I was coming out of a construction world where I always had jobs and projects, like work was never a problem. I mean, mm-hmm. I was always booked up and, and, but what happened was I had two employees, one of them, both one that went to missions, the other one got married, moved out of state. And so I was kind of left by myself and I swapped labor with a little bit, but anyway, just as a solo agent, I just learned quickly that getting a license does not make you successful. Yeah. Um, you know, in fact, and you know this, Yancy, you went through this recently, yeah. you get a license and, and, and school teaches you how to get a license and how to know some things about real estate, but it doesn't teach you how to run a business. Yeah. And it doesn't teach you how to get a client. You really like that comes with ex- like experience and just trying it and figuring out the hard way. I mean, you have to like be doing it to understand. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so what did you do so, to kind of. Yeah. Early in the career, I, I mean, I had a construction background, so I was used to getting up early in the morning. I would get to the real estate office at 630 in the morning because wow. I was up and nobody was around. But it was the quietest place on the world Yeah, is a real estate office at, you know, 645 in the morning. Yep. But I would just write notes and I would reach out to my past clients in construction and I would stop by and knock on for sale by owners and mm. and uh, in the first six months uh, I, I ended up selling seven houses but I, I met so one of the clients I met and is still a dear friend and one of my first sales was uh, a lady named Stella Slade and I knocked her on her and her husband's doors they had a for sale by house for sale by owner sign in the yard and this is in 2005 the market was pretty hot back mm-hmm. then and but there was lots of uh, for sale by owners and I stopped by and knocked on their door and said hey if you you know if I can help you with anything we had a great charming conversation and and they called me a couple of days later said hey we would like to list our house with you and, that's amazing uh, and, I didn't uh, know it was a uh, for sale by owner to start. Yeah. And so what's interesting is, and this is just the way we, the philosophy of running a business is I decided there's lots of shiny object syndrome in the real estate community and world of, Hey, here's how you market. Here's how you get your next client. And I just growing up on a farm and growing up, you know, working in construction, I knew, I knew the value of a relationship and I always wanted to be able to put my name on something if I did something Right. With clients. And so working with Stella Slade, we, we listed her and her husband's house. And uh, fortunately, the market was pretty solid. And I printed off some brochures, left them around the office. Uh, I was at Long and Foster at the time. And the broker at the time, uh, he had a client walk into his office the, two days later and, and said, hey, I'm looking to buy a, a house. And it, the house that she had matched the description. He had a color brochure I had printed mm-hmm. on the desk. And so they ended up buying that house. They were That's coming amazing. down from out of state and paid cash. And I remember that sale. Wow. Uh, and, and what's neat about that is I was able to help her and her husband, Stella and her husband, move into a one-level townhome. And and I just remember how rewarding that was. And, and for, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't long after that, Mr. Slade passed away. He had uh, some, some health issues. Mm-hmm. And so but Mrs. Slade still comes to our client appreciation she does. parties. We love her. As a 90- She's an original Carl Miller Realty fan. <laughs> yeah, and her family. And we were help, able to help her, you know, help her family, her granddaughter buy yeah. a house years later. So I went into this business with sort of a, a, a mindset of a transaction is a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. I've always viewed it as not a quick commission check. There was, there's years ago, there was training happening in the real estate world. And, and this sounds horrible, what I'm about to say, but this was the philosophy is that you find your client mm-hmm. and this was, this is, this is the line. 
find them, fleece them, and forget them. Oh. I mean, that was sort yeah. of the philosophy in real estate sales. Yeah, and we there's people like that today. Yeah, it, but that was the prevalent training yeah. back then with this one yeah. top trainer. And and it sounds so horrible to even, I mean, it's, it's repulsive for me to even say that on the air because for me, it's always been a long-term relationship. It's been a relationship that we're going to stay in touch. We're going to try to wow you with good service and be, as our slogan says, mm-hmm. competent, caring, and trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. So what happened in my career, and this is probably one of the best things that could have happened, is in 2006, I was a full year in the business. By the way, in 2006, I ended up selling 23 houses. Wow. So your first year, you sold 23. I, I did, but it was built on people that knew me. And it took mm-hmm. a little bit because people knew me from the construction world. Mm-hmm. And what it took was I just had to constantly stay in touch. So you asked what I was doing. I was sending out newsletters. By the way, my son was born, my firstborn. And so I was sending out, hey, my baby has arrived, and <laughs> pictures of Joshua. But people love hearing about that yes. personal life aspect as that, well. That, you know what? I didn't realize that at the time, but they did. Mm-hmm. And, and what happened was just staying in constant I would send out a newsletter about every three months. Thank you yeah. again for an opportunity to work with you yep. on your deck, on your house in 2003. By the way, I'm in real estate sales yeah. now. If you know anyone that's thinking of moving, yeah. I would love to to work with them and I was just constantly asking right mm-hmm. so because it's hard when there's a thousand at that time there wasn't that many but there was fewer sales and a lot of agents but I go back to that relationship side in 2006 I was introduced to my real estate mentor today uh, Mr. Brian Buffini and he's yeah. got a business in, in Carlsbad California where he trains real estate agents on just building a relationship business mm-hmm. and you think about housing Housing represents 16% of the U.S. economy, and I'm just so fortunate to be in that type of training where some of the best agents in the U.S. I'm, I'm affiliated with now because mm-hmm. I go to events. In fact, I just a few weeks ago, I was in Phoenix at a, yeah. a team-building event, and, and I just wanted to share that these those agents in that room represented or in that network of building a referral-based business represent one out of every eight transactions on either the buyer's side or the seller's side last year. Some of the best agents in the U.S. I'm just affiliated with through mm-hmm. that network and through that through that training. And it's, it's, the, it's the old slow way of doing business. It's not shiny object, but it's meeting people, staying in touch with people, treating people with respect, being good at what you do, and asking for referrals and introductions. Yeah. I honestly think that's such a cool story, Carl, just about like the team coaching. And I'd love to hear more about like how getting a coach helped you. But it's so true. Like that instant gratification of like get the sale, get the commission check, forget about them is, you know, what seems like the easy route. But staying in touch and inviting them to client events and creating that personal like connection as well is very important. the, The difference is having a transactional mindset versus a relational relational mm-hmm. mindset. A transactional mindset's all about taking an order, yeah. getting a sale, getting a check, and then next. Yeah. And then and repeat over and over and over again. Whereas if you build a relationship-based business, it's you meet somebody, you build a relationship, you you happen to take care of them in the biggest transaction of their life, moving right. a, or buying or selling a house, and then that relationship extends long after the sale. Yeah. And doing that for 17 years in Lynchburg has built a really good business mm-hmm. for us. You asked about the team and how getting a coach yeah. helped me. And yeah. so I, I remember my very first coach. And again, I mean, this, I was a struggling guy in 2005. And, and she asked me, I started coaching in 2000, uh, to June of 2006. And I was, we had just had our firstborn son. He was a year old. Almost a year old, and, and she asked me, "Hey, where are you going to go on vacation this year?" I was like, uh, "And her name was uh, Ray." I said, "Ray, I'm not going on 
vacation mm-hmm. this year. I don't have any money, and mm-hmm. I certainly don't have time. I'm just, you know. And she's like, no, no, no. If you were going on vacation, where would you go? And and she made me write down a goal. Mm. And, and, and I told her I wanted to go to the Outer Banks. And she said, okay, just write it down. I said, go, what, what dates would you and, and we literally put this on the calendar. And I remember, like, all of a sudden I had this written goal in front of me. And, and so this is the power of a coach, right? And then she helped me figure out how many calls I needed to make, how many people I needed to see in order to close a certain amount of deals so that oh, wow. I could take that vacation. Yeah. And I remember, I remember in, you know, in October going on that vacation, 100% paid for. And mm-hmm. just it was the value of a coach. And I just realized that you can never uh, overinvest in yourself and your personal growth Absolutely. as a business owner. Yeah. And so I've been on that path and that trajectory of just trying to learn from others and doing the best that I can mm-hmm. and uh, and learning from some of the best in the business ever since. Yeah. So speaking of traje- trajectory, looking yeah. into the future, where yeah. do you see Carl Miller Realty oh, going? I'm so blessed. So just kind of fitting out that story there, Yancey, in 2007 and eight, I started to do more volume. I started to get to where I was selling 50, 60 houses a year. And I knew that I needed help. It's mm-hmm. it, you can burn out really quickly in this business because you're always mm-hmm. in demand. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the real estate community has sort of created this culture that agents are available 24/7. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you don't leave your job at the office when you go home, whether it's at four o'clock or at eight o'clock at night. Right. Right. So the business is always there for you. But my coaching helped me kind of draw some perimeters on my business. But then I realized I needed help. Right. Yeah. So that's when I started to hire assistants. Yeah. And you've been with us now for a while and you've seen even in our office how we're constantly growing and getting better. Absolutely. And just redefining our systems and processes and structures. And so looking backwards, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to have built a, an amazing team mm-hmm. and then getting better. And my coaching company's helped me. So looking forward, Yancey, I feel like we're right on the verge of just getting everything super dialed in. We're making mm-hmm. a few li- – we've got a very powerful machine, and we've got just a few little dials that we're tuning in. But I'm super excited about the impact that our little office gets to have on families in Lynchburg. And, yeah. you know, this year, just, just, just our little internal team is going to help over 200 families move. And if I look at the entire office with the independent agents, we're going to help 270 families make a – huge decision life-changing decisions this yeah. year with their housing or their investment properties yeah. or their land which by the way is a much bigger number than even last year so looking well, ahead it's just like my, my point is that if i just stayed a single independent agent right. and not grown and right. not brought on people to help mm-hmm. carl could have impacted maybe 60 or 80 families every yeah. year but just yeah. by having folks like you yancey and the other staff that we have and the mm-hmm. other agents and next year, we'll probably help 400 families move. Yeah, yeah. We have we have the engine and the capacity to, to do that. And it's just so exciting to know that because we're open to growth. And it's not just me. It's the yeah. entire office. Our, our staff and our culture is such that, look, we're going to grow. We're going to get better. And we're going to be able to impact more people than we would ever be able to impact. Absolutely. As a, as a, if, if I would have stayed as a single agent. Does absolutely. that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And I think even just taking that step, on your end, Carl, of just like, all right, I can't do this all on my own. I'm going to hire out some things. You know, I'm going to get a marketing director to keep those relationships going yeah. after the sale. It, Transaction it, coordinator. It's it goes really back to that. Cool to see. It goes back to just constantly adapting. Yeah. You know, I go back to the little Carl. Yeah. Like talked about being <laughs> this show. You know, little Carl had to figure out how to adapt yeah. and, and to and to figure out life. And that's in, life. In, I mean, in, not just real absolutely, estate. You absolutely. have to be able to adapt. I mean, life throws you curveballs. <laughs> I'm just so I'm just so fortunate and blessed, and I really yeah. really enjoy the business. I love living in South Central Virginia. I love the people here, love the relationships. And I'm just, I'm just grateful. I feel like we have a great opportunity and just 
you know, my, my goal is to be a good steward of the talents, gifts, abilities, and resources and relationships that we've been blessed with. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing, Carl. Yeah, thank you, Yancey. And now, the bizarre real estate fact of the week. In Clayton, Missouri, it is illegal to have a yard sale in your front yard. I wonder if you could have it in your backyard. <laughs> Our garage sale? Or out of your garage. Come that into wouldn't the... go over well because Lynchburg's like yard sale capital. We would, we would be, have a living room sale today. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you have real estate questions you want answered on the air, send your questions to any of our local social media platforms. And thank you for tuning into the Carl Miller Show. We are your caring, competent, trusted advisor for real estate sales and service. I want to thank again our sponsor this month, Riverside Runners, a specialty running and walking store dedicated to products that excite people about movement, community, and healthy living in Lynchburg. They continue to find unique ways to give back to the community, and they have just hosted and were a part of the Virginia 10-Miler. To learn more about Riverside Runners, you can visit their website at riversiderunners.com or call them at 846-7449. If you're looking to move this fall or winter season, Contact us today, carlmillerrealty.com, for a detailed market report of your home's value and how you can leverage our sources for the best possible terms today. See you next week. 